All right, welcome to Wolf Den's Dogs in the Den. We are back, back in black for week two. Um, it was great that we found an audience last week, Jason. Got some quite a lot of love from the Greyhound industry telling us that good show, keep it up. Yeah, plenty of good feedback. So thank you to everyone that tuned in. Um, we're very uh, excited to keep this show rolling. We've yeah. got a very special guest to join us today. Um, he's had an excellent week last week and hopefully he can top it off with a few wins in the big group one races at Albion Park on Thursday. Yeah, so all this this show will only be successful on the calibre of guests we can get in to provide insight um, and entertainment and, and the odd tip and uh, – we're keeping the level very high this week. We've got Peter Davis coming in. Um, thank you for coming in, Peter. You've driven in a, a fair way to do it. We really appreciate it. Why don't you just give us a little bit of background of your time in greyhound racing? It's pretty long and significant, but yeah, where do we start? Well, it started in the well, when I was a child, really. My grandfather had greyhounds in the 1930s and 40s, and it evolved uh, through me getting my first greyhound owned at about 20, mm-hmm. and then... Um, Oh, a few years later, I'd become the editor of DFAC's form guides and then I was headhunted of sorts to go and work at the Illora Mercury, which was Fairfax Media, ran that racing project. But I've always had dogs, Rich, and mm. um, and I love the industry and we're in the fortunate situation that the child bride now runs the property and we've got 18 acres out at Pheasant's Nest and we've got nine or so brood bitches and a few, well, a lot of retirees, but, yeah, mm. We only breed a couple of litters a year, but it's a it's a lifestyle thing now for us. It's mm. been very rewarding, but it's a lot of hard work, a lot of mm. mowing. Yeah. So, um, but we're fully engaged in it, and she cares deeply about the industry, and I do, and you know, we're here to try and promote it. And you don't train the dogs, do you? Someone no, else does it for we you. made that choice not to. Yeah. Um, I I equate it to a little bit like a builder um, who's a carpenter. He doesn't do the plumbing. Yeah. And he doesn't do the electricals. And um, we just made the decision that we can whelp and we can rear and we can pre-train, but I'm going to hand it to well, Mark Gatt's a nearby and he's a great mate and a great trainer and a good ally for me. And yep. he had dogs for me. Um, he had Shabini for me. Yeah. And um, more recently they've gone to Tommy and Jetta in Queensland because Mark had no room at one point and I made that conscious decision. We'll get into that later, but the journey that – Tom and Jetta have sent us on as remarkable, mm. um, the success. And um, Thursday night, I suppose we should be proud of what's gone on. And But I'm more proud of Shabini as a dog, you know, yeah. like what she's produced. It's, yeah, so, so we'll it's talk an about amazing Sh- story. We'll talk about Shabini just after this next question, but I always like to ask people to come into the den about their principles and process around how they bet. Mm. You're a pretty avid greyhound punter. I'm sure you've had a lot of success over the years. What are the principles and processes you've leaned into? Well, I'm a big trial watcher and I think most good punters and greyhounds do watch trials closely because these races and especially I suppose Thursday night is more exposed form. Mm. But um, for the dogs that haven't got exposed form, you've got to understand when you should bet and when you shouldn't bet. Uh, I have a theory the more the bet, more you bet, the more you lose, mm-hmm. um, that you shouldn't bet all the time mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. So um, we're selective and um, Sonia's not a punter at all and – I think she was a bit horrified at times what I was either winning or losing. Um, I'm very honest with her about it. Mm. Um, she was there the day I, I was a horse bet. We won, I won $35,000 on a Melbourne Cup and I told her and she never batted an eyelid. So I thought, mm. well, that's that's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't excited about spending it. But anyway, the point was, um, so we look at a race about opportunity, not ability, yeah. and the best dog doesn't always win a race. Yes. So that's my principle is trying to investigate 
where the dogs are going to run. I think that's critical. The box draw is about opportunity. Mm. Um, all dogs in the group ones have got there for a reason. So it's a matter of who gets the fair crack at them. So that's my principle. I try and we all try, I think, and not just bet for the sake of betting. We mm. bet for to, to try and win. Yeah, that's yeah. unreal. I think everyone wants to hear that. And so we're going to focus on Albion Park on Thursday night in today's show. So we've got two big races there. We've got the Gold Cup and the Gold Bullion. Um, one of your brood bitches, um, Shabini, plays a huge part in that and we'll, we'll move into her. But just quickly, can you just tell us a little bit about the conditions around the Gold Cup? Well, the Gold Cup is a uh, race where it's open to all stayers. So there's no restriction on who can turn up. But the um, group race calendar is now such that very few people are travelling long distances to attack these races, even though they're hugely important, um, very good on a CV for a brood bitch. And the irony around my girls, my girls, is that they're all females, mm. which is really unusual. I'm sure Jason would see the number of group race winners are predominantly males these days. I mean, and sure, in the horses we've had Winks and, um, you know... Black Caviar. Black Caviar and, and all those, yeah. you know, whether it goes back to Sunline or whoever dominating, but um, the girls tend to not do that. Um, mm. they, they're competitive, mm. but, yeah, we've got six dogs in a feature race on Thursday, feature races, and they're all girls. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a headache, a good headache for me down the track. Yeah. <laughs> Which ones do I breed with? Yeah. But, um, yeah, the condition is put your hand up, get drawn, get through, and we fortunately got four in the final that – We've bred. Yeah. And we're racing over 700 metres, is that right? 710, yeah. So 710, yep. yeah. Which so, slight, so Wentworth Park, 720, isn't it? So yeah, and there's a the 725s at the Meadows. Yeah, so and so moves, it's, it's a relative. Subtly moves. Yeah, a subtle. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to consider the distance range at a horse from 1550 at Canterbury to be different from 1600 at Randwick. Mm. So it's the same theory. Yeah, so to familiarise ourselves with Shabini, Pete pulled up, I guess you could call it her most, her most dynamic win. I think... A lot of people watching might have already seen it. It was pretty famous when it happened because she puts herself in an incredible position. She's jumping from box five. Let's watch it. And, Pete, why don't you talk to us about it? So it was back in 2018. Hopelessly misses the start and now she's out of the picture. I think hopelessly misses a start is probably an overreaction, Rich. I think she, she didn't have a crack for um, about 300 <laughs> metres. Um, but this was um, Team Gat at their best. Um, great mates, Mark and Daniel. And uh, she, she would have been flying at Richmond. And then she turned up at Wentworth Park and all of a sudden she got this thing in her head where she would drop out last. And now the two dogs leading here was Big Butters, who had broken a track record at the meadow, uh, the, the gardens, I'm sorry, and Kanzan, who was an elite, elite middle distance and sprinter. Yet she's tacked on and just come down the outside and said, see you later, guys. Mm. And I was sitting at home watching it with Sonia and obviously she didn't run anything spectacular on the clock overall there. Yeah. Mm. But her last section there was 12 dead, mm. which you can't run. You'd be happy if you're a 500 dog running home that exactly. half the time. Um, so she, she, to my eye, is a dog who she fractured a, a hock in a trial and didn't race again after Kel Greeno got her. But she never lived up to her potential potentially because of the injury. But mm. right now she's done us proud. Yeah. So let's move along to the heats of the Gold Cup, which was last Thursday night. And the first one we're going to look at is Heat 2, which a, a daughter of um, Shabini won called Sorority. I oh, didn't win it, ran second, called Sorority. And Drill Sergeant won the race. But let's watch this and just tell us about what you saw in the race. Um, well, Sorority is a bitch who um, has had significant tonsillitis issues and um, 
her career is probably not as illustrious as it could be because of her body's been somewhat toxic through that issue. But she's um, seriously wanting an inside alley and she drew, I think, six this night mm. um, and she she gets to third here and she's chasing a group one winner. Mm. Um, to be really candid, I was hoping if you could just run second and get through to the next week. I mean, it's all about the final and drawing a better box next time. But she she's... Um, She's very, very good from the inside. Mm. She's had, I think, nine starts for seven wins, but and she rails particularly well. But she doesn't quite get drill sergeant here, and he had just flown up from um, Victoria, and he did did a good job himself. Un, mm. Unbeknown, he hadn't had a look at the track mm. in its totality. So another stride. She wins. Um, Tommy's later told me that you know we're in for a bonus if one of the dogs, uh, which I think was Sidelate, had won the fight, qualified. Mm. By winning, but she didn't quite get there. But mm. the prize money in Queensland is unbelievable. Mm. I mean, She's gone super there, though. Like that yeah. was she ran forty one eighty nine, which is her second fastest time over the seven ten, which was just a tick out of forty one eighty seven. And the second dog, he's um, or sorry, the first dog, he's just come out, out of nowhere. Really, mm. um, I was going through his record this morning, so I didn't, wasn't too familiar with him, even though he won the Sale Cup last month. But um, he had a few altercations early in his career, a few stewards' trials due to. Um, not being intent. all there in the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, intent, um, <laughs> which we've already um, laid a foundation with early in this program. Um, but, yeah, you'd think he's going to improve. Um, and obviously Sorority, she's been a brilliant beach for, uh, bitch for Pete. And, yeah, they just keep producing. The, the interesting thing about her, Rich, is early in her career she was 15 in front at Ipswich one night and pulled up. And she's mm. never looked like doing it since. Mm. And so they've all got their quirks of sorts. Mm. And she ran last in that race in really slow time. But the point is um, she's won nearly 170000 in prize money. You wouldn't have thought after that run yeah. we'd be here now talking about that. But yeah. that's the fickle nature of racing. And what do you think in her mind she just says, I don't want to oh, race tonight? Jetta told me that there were some people, some young fellas yahooing on the fence and right. probably distracted her attention. Not trying to make excuses because – She's never done it since, and she'd never done it prior. So we, unless we could, you know, do a doctor doolittle, we can't ask her what's going on. But yeah. Yeah, it was, it was disturbing, and it was bizarre. But it yeah. happened. And does it happen often with dogs? No, like that? no, it's no, pretty rare. It does. Hmm. It does. It happens a lot, really. Um, but they're always highlighted, aren't they? On whether it's, she was on the back page, and um, Tony Squires and the team had a laugh about it. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was troubling. And to Tommy's credit. Some people would have thrown their hands up and said, I don't want to deal with this, but yeah. he persevered and here mm. we are, box seven, not ideal. I mean, we got boxes one, two, seven and eight on Thursday yeah. and the two probably wants seven, the seven probably wants two, so <laughs> you never get what you exactly want. So. Yeah. We'll have a look at the market in a second. Let's get the, let's watch Heat 3. So another dog out of Shabini, Sanisha here. Mm. Um, Bella Pichella in the race as well and – yeah. Super short, Bella Pichella, wasn't it? Yeah, she's a super bitch. I mean, 12 months ago she was in the Vince Curry series, which is a 75000 to the winner maiden that's on right this Saturday night. And um, she's out wide wheeling um, Val Policella, and you'd think right here she's going to wish around her. But Sunisha, um had never been 700, and, and this red obviously did Val Policella no good whatsoever. She, first 710 in her life, she's 26 months of age. And Tommy said to me, he thinks she's about a month away from really being competitive against Val Policella. Mm-hmm. Yet she did this. And, um, you know, she, she is the real deal. Mm-hmm. Um, she wants inside. She needs inside. Yet she handled box eight 
like a dog who had more seasoned racing than she's had. Mm-hmm. So my initial thought is I hard to understand that um, Sanisha just beat up Val Policello just there and then as we throw the market up on the screen, you can get $12 about Sanisha on mm. Thursday night and Val Policello is um, $3.50. Mm. Obviously, boxes play a huge part in that. Is it like compl- like say – so sorry, what boxes are those? So Val out of five and mm. Sanisha's out of eight. If you switch them around and Sanisha's out of five, what would happen to the market, do you think? Oh, it would change marginally. Mm. Yeah. But if you put her in two – yeah. I think she's a $5 chance. Yes, correct. Um, but what's going to happen from box five for Val Policella, if we look at the crystal ball, is Drill Sergeant's going to show speed. Mm. Um, Tim Britton's bitch is going to show speed. Mm. Pursuer looks like the leader. Mm. The question is, where does Val Policella get to? Val mm. Policella get to? Yeah. Um, I think she can win the race. Don't get me wrong, Val Policella. Mm. I hope we do. But on a punting perspective... She's the best dog in the race as far as times, her profile, all that. But whether she gets the opportunity is the mm. huge question mark. And so your tip for the race is Val Policella? Hmm. <laughs> um, I think Siddelaide can win. Okay. She, yeah. if you, if, I don't know whether you've got the replay, um, but she, um, for the first time in her career, hit a track leg last week. And you'll watch her through the first corner at the 395 boxes. She ducks off yeah. and lost ground, and that's not her go. Yeah. Um, she probably wants to get a bit of room to move, so two's not ideal. As I said earlier, she had drawn seven, might have been better. But she trails Pursuer, who was first up over 700, was fantastic the other day. Yeah. She did beat Pursuer pointless at Ipswich the start prior. So that makes a complete contradiction of last week's results, last Thursday's results. But I think Sindelake can win. But at her best, Val Policella's very hard to beat. I think the interesting thing for this race for me is both Sinesha and Pursuer, um, how they respond after that first 700 because there are dogs that can obviously go on with it, but there are also dogs that hit that flat spot. Uh, I'm sure Tommy's probably spoken. The second up syndrome is real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. First run, bust themselves. Um, I'm sure there was was the dog that was scratched out of the 600 metre race at Albion Park off the one box. Name just re- we the hundred thousand dollar Golden Sands. By his magic, phase yeah. magic. Yes, might have been. Yeah. Um, but it didn't cope with the 37 degrees and the heat stress. Mm. So that second up syndrome that was only 600. Don't get me wrong, was was an issue and mm. the 700 metre second up syndrome can mm-hmm. be an issue. But but Tommy monitors them really closely. Like he works them no differently from day to day mm. and he'll pick up on their general demeanour, their energy, mm-hmm. you know, um, and he's been around forever. He's good at what he does. Mm. So what's your tip for the race before we close? Um, I'm with Pearly Tears just due to the map. I just think... Pursuer goes out, leads. Um, I think Scintillate can can pretty much give Pearly Tears a nice cart to the race. And the only reason I'm going that way is because Val Valpolicello is going to need luck in running. If she gets the drop on him, she is arguably the strongest dog in this race um, and probably the strongest dog in the country right now. Um, but I just think Pearly Tears, considering she just came off the speed last week to, to beat home Pursuer, um, I think it could be a similar type um, race shape on Thursday. Outstanding. On the strength side of things, Rich, just quickly, if you look at um, 
what some of those girls of mine have done at Ipswich. One of them run home in 12 22 at Ipswich, which is exceptional, mm-hmm. right? Um, when you say 12 20, what distance they run 630, home? 6.30, right. Yeah, and so when you say they run home over 12 22, how far is that over? About uh, 180 metres or so, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's from the 6.30 metre boxes home. Mm-hmm. 12 22 is exceptional, mm-hmm. right? Val Policella's run home there in 11.98. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's where you see she gets the opportunity. She'll be she'll be the one to hold out. Mm. It's that box five. She's beaten a dollar twenty odd last week. Doesn't mean she'll you know be beaten again from box five. But yeah, it's about opportunity. Mm. Let's keep rolling to the gold bullion. You always gives a quick idea of what the gold bullion's about. Well, the gold bullion's a new race where the series is a match race process in its first uh, instance. And the winner of those match races was um, JSJ, mm. Superdog, who mm. holds a track record. Million-dollar chase winner. Yep. Yeah. He got the uh, spot in the final straight up. And then the other seven vied last Thursday night. The four winners and the uh, three fastest seconds get that spot. Um, Sanvi was fortunate enough to win one of those, so mm. we got that spot. And then Scarlatti ran second. She ran on terrific. Um, I was really happy with her. And she missed by one one-hundredth of a second. So it would be nice to have all the girls in all the finals, but that's not the case. Mm. And um, I was not upset about it, but Tommy said I'm stupid because to get in the final was a Bradbury opportunity of winning 250, mm. And um, but she's a reserve. But, um, yeah, so Jay is Jay again, drawn box eight. I don't like the draw for him personally. Mm-hmm. Super dog, but mm. this is a race of significant speed. Mm. I mean, why, don't we, why don't we start watching a few of the heats? Mm. Um, let's start with San V. Mm. Her win. Well, she was. Um, she's one of the um, superior Panama Shabinis that um, Pasure and uh, Scarlatti's litter and um, Sanisha's litter, and she's technically a wide runner of sorts. But this race on this night, there was a lot of speed, and Tommy was confident she was one of the dogs to beat because they were going to crash left, mm. and she she got that room to move and. She's not always been a safe beginner, but she's been in a Group 1 uh, Ipswich Cup final. She's been at a Queensland Futurity and she's qualified for this. It's, yeah, 26 months old. She's a cracker and she's probably the fastest female up the straight at Capalabar in, in Queensland. There's obviously a couple of very good dogs there, in, including Valhalla, Tommy's mm. own dog, but she's 19.50 there every week, which is unusual for the girls up the straight. So um, she's a cracker, but, you know, um, I think Scarlatti's the best bitch in the litter and she didn't make it. Yeah. 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 Well, let's keep rolling. So let's watch All Natural with his Jay is Jay's brother. Yep. He was very fresh here. Um, he was returning from a or Ipswich Cup scratching. It was his first up run for roughly about 60, 70 days. Um, and he was absolutely breathtaking through the first and second sectional. He... He came out um, high five forties, run about seventeen oh two down the back, which is completely unheard of, and uh, got a bit tired late in the piece. But and I think this is this is uh, Jay. Sorry, not, but this is Scarlatti, the bitch who missed the run in the final, railing up on the inside, and we were really happy how she finished off. Like he's he's first up from a break, which I think was a hockey hop issue, yeah. uh, and he went fantastic. But yeah, she's in a six hundred on on Thursday night at box eight, which will suit her. You know, mm-hmm. so um, be interesting to see what she does, mm. but. Yeah, she's a. He went. He went. Fa- Mick and Selena should be really proud of them. I mean, mm. they've done a fantastic job. Mm. Um, why don't we keep rolling? Watch Bear Bear's Bullet. Um, she begin tonight. 
electric speed here again, Mitch. Like, this is, you know, we talk about the high speed of um, of the Zabbit dogs, but this this dog's going to go with them early, Jase. Yes, yeah, no, she was great here. I was a little bit, uh, I was against her on this night, actually. I just, I didn't like what she did on Saturday morning. I thought she, uh, well, to be frank, I thought she sort of pulled out of the contest, um, but there was no signs of that here. Uh, Cluster did pressure her, her early. Uh, I think it'll just be interesting to see what she does. Um, we'll go through the market and the field and the draw and whatnot soon. But, um, yeah, she's got Magistrate drawn right outside her who's definitely got to pressure her. So mm. be interested to see what she does throughout first turn. She didn't really get pressured there because Cluster does like to use the track going out of the first corner. So, um, yeah, this box draws made this race completely and utterly wide open, I reckon. Mm. Yeah, well, let's let's start talking about it. So we've got Jay's J at 270. You touched on it earlier. Pete, you're, you're not steamrolling into the 270 Jay's no, J from box eight? I couldn't back it at that price. I'm yeah. not saying you can't win, but I just – you look at a quality dog like Morton and you've got Bears Bullet and you've got all uh, – it's just it, – box eight at – Albion Park is difficult at the best of times, let alone a serious Group One field. Mm. And and added to that, I don't suppose she's going to be there early, but Sanvi won't go left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if she's if he doesn't come out running, she's again got to get around a whitish runner. So it complicates it massively for mine. Mm. So if you uh, will, you have a bet. No. And if you were going to have a bet, what would you bet? <sighs> Something on Sanvi for a place. <laughs> no self-interest rules all. But no, yeah. um, I'd probably if I was going to have a bet, maybe the quality of Morton might get me. But yeah, you know, because he's going to get room with Sanvi not hampering him early. Mm. I think, but he's got to get across four other very quick dogs. Mm. Difficult race, JC. Yeah, well, when going through the field, um, it's just speed, speed, speed. I don't. This is a very quality Group One race, but for JSJ, uh, I think he would have rather have had like can't really name any dogs. I don't know, like a big energy or something like that. That don't get me wrong, probably faster than most of the dogs in this field, but just a little bit susceptible at the start. He's just bumped into three or four absolute lid pingers. Um, I think the one thing I can say, sure and certain, I'm just putting myself out there. I don't think he can win. Mm-hmm. I know that's you know really harsh, but box eight's disgusting for him. He's mm-hmm. going to be you know four or five wide, I reckon. Um, he does want to get back to the inside. He's only had a few starts from box eight at Albion Park and he's always wanted to get to at least that second lane, if not the rails. So I think he's got to be in a world of pain. Um, going through the field, even though I was, I guess, anti-Bears Bullet last week, I just think it might just be first dog on the scene. The dog that gets the arm, whether it's her or Magistrate, I think they're going to be very hard to run down considering they can run 550, 17 dead and, and run home in that 1280 type thing, like 2980 on the bunny in a big race. I know it's not a 2950 that JSJ might be able to produce, but it's really difficult to run down. Mm. It's hard to run around him, Rich, in the end. Yeah. yeah. And if you'd put if you'd put JSJ in six and Sanvi in eight, different. I think it's a different betting yeah. proposition. Even mm. Morden wants to get off on that first turn too. Mm. And realistically, if you're just looking at what they can produce to the first section, I don't think he's got to get around – you know, Morton or Sanvi, let alone Bears Bullet, Cluster, another one that can come out 550 and wants to use the track. Yeah, it's disgusting. He could dead set be last in the first turn, which is a bit eye-opening, but it wouldn't yeah. surprise me that in the slightest. Are you going to have a bet? Um, I'll probably lay JSJ, to be honest with you. It'd be nice if someone actually took him on, so maybe yeah. I'll chuck that up and someone on the den can take me on. Yeah. Um, I don't know, probably either... 
Bears bullet win, maybe spec magistrate. Just don't know if he's up to that quality to hold on that last 50 meters. But those are the two. I think all natural was the one I really wanted to be on just purely because I think he's the second best dog in Queensland. Yeah. Um, and I think he can actually challenge his brother on his best around that 2970, but just like sheer speed. Um, so that's me. Jay is Jay anti and um, Bears bullet and magistrate specs, I'd say. Very good. We're going to get you set in one second. One final question before we move on from Shabini and the, um, the gold cup and the gold bullion. Shabini's thrown a lot of really fast dogs. What's the best dog in your opinion? It's interesting. The first litter were Rich Zelenis because I went to Mark Gat's dog because as a favour, sort of as much not that I did. He was a very fast dog, but they produced fast dogs, not strong dogs. And my whole philosophy has flipped completely. I'm mm-hmm. trying to produce Scarlatti's and Cinderlates and Sororities now, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go to sires that do that. But her best, fastest pup was a bitch called Showpiece. Mm-hmm. She's at home, injured, probably retired. And she had links on some of these. Yeah. And um, she's my secret weapon. When she has pups, <laughs> away you go. I'm looking forward to that. You tell everyone on Wolfden when they come. Yeah, up. of course. But <laughs> just I mean, Wolfden. But only the interesting Wolfden. thing about the breeding side of things, Rich, is and far from your insight, is that I've got one female line now that I've had a number of sires successful with. Yeah. And this isn't rocket science. If I've got a superior Panama Shabini and I've got Konomi, which is SH Avatar, I now put the Panama bitch to SH Avatar and I just cut and paste, repeat the process. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to do. So I'm now going to put the Panama bitches to Avatar, the Avatar bitches to Panama, a Feral Frankie or a, a, um, you know, Aston Rupee to the right size. Size is an issue. Yeah. Like Aston Rupee throws a, a large animal. So I'll put a bitch like Showpiece is 28 kilos, not 30 like Cinderlate to that. So, yeah, that's – Showpiece will be my go-to girl. Yeah. And so considering you did just touch on breeding, I have a very general question. Like how does this breeding in the greyhound industry work? Well, it's really about the three the three Ps are my principle. There's performance yeah. and pedigree and this progeny uh-huh. right now all sires whether it's horses or dogs go on performance and the pedigree and everyone gets squawky about that mm. right and then the progeny turn up and they don't they don't produce mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what your performance or what your pedigree was it's history mm. you can't recover but if you get a dog like Bernardo for example in greyhound terms who didn't have the strongest race record, good dog, but not the profile of some, and his progeny upgrades third, fourth-ranked bitches, you're on a, a trajectory that will never stop then. Mm-hmm. So you're always looking for those dogs. I went to Barsha Baylor very early on because I liked the dog and I was right. I'm not, not Lots of people were right. Um, so, you know, the f- philosophy, I start with those three Ps, but I very – instinctively go with temperament. Mm-hmm. In your horse racing scenario, Fusaishi, Pegasus, Sostenudo years ago were crazies. Mm-hmm. In greyhounds we have those as well. Mm-hmm. You don't go near them. Mm-hmm. So there's dogs that you say, I won't even consider that dog because of its mental state or one of the two. Bonhoeffers are a bit headstrong from what I've been told um, in horse racing. So I start with that and then I 
intuitively go to strength and pedigrees to a degree, but I've hooked in Marty Helen and Rares, all my dogs, the best in the world. Um, we've got a very rigid program of what we do, how we do it. Mm -hmm. We rear, we pre-train, we send to Mannings in Victoria to educate. We know the times. They come home. I take them to Goulburn, Nara, showpiece ran free for all time as a 15-month-old puppet Nara, like just remarkable. Mm. And then they head off to Tommy mm. and Tommy gets his magic dust out <laughs> and we end up in a group one. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I'll quickly go to you, Jason, and we'll come back to Pete. Um, you want to give us your set of tips? One from two yes. last weekend, which is fine. That's a part of scratching. Yeah, had a scratching. Yeah, tip three, Perfect. one scratch. Yeah. yeah, too easy. All right, Hobart, race three, number six, Buckle Up Alfie. Uh, this is over the 461. He's a nice young dog. He's built himself a neat little record, having won two uh, in place in a further three races from six starts. His only run at Hobart I thought was super impressive. It was from box eight, which is a very difficult box there on that bend start. Um, he came from last and charged home in the second. I think he'll appreciate getting back to Hobart. He's on a lot of his racing at Launceston, completely different shape track. Um, so he will suit Hobart. 461's amazing for him. Uh, it's an open enough race, so he should get a nice enough price. And we'll head to Albion Park. I've got two bets here. Uh, race four, number eight, Plum Tuckered in the country um, cup final. Um, so this is a race that's restricted for dogs from Townsville, Bundaberg and Rockhampton. She's won her past five races, including breaking the 498 Townsville track record. Uh, she has a lot of experience at this track, whereas many of these do not because they race in the regional areas. Mm -hmm. She was previously trained um, down in Brisbane. Uh, she's run 29.83, which would be, be good enough to be competitive, um, obviously, in the Group 1 races we're speaking about. Uh, and the good thing about this bitch is her toes are literally painted pink. Mm -hmm. She loves box eight. Uh, she's won three from five and she likes to use a bit of the track. So I think she will win. She'll be no price rich, but we can all dive into that and hopefully have a bit of money in the kitty for the gold cup and the gold bullion. Mm -hmm. And to round the night out, hopefully it's been a big night for Peter and everyone involved. Race 12, number one, Blackjack Cow. Uh, young dog again, has had six starts, won two of them, further two placings. Has very devastating speed throughout the back section. And if he can just get that room he, he requires to let rip, uh, he'll put this field away very easily. Uh, he's a nice young dog and I think he's one we can follow throughout the grades. So that's my uh, Thursday set, Rich. Beautiful. Spoken with authority as always. Thank you very we're much. We're winning. Um, so we're pretty close to wrapping up, Peter, but um, this question sort of covers a, a couple of things. I wanted to ask you what some of the bigger issues in greyhound racing are at the moment. And with Shabini... Um, she has a litter and then you only have a litter from, from one of your other do your brood bitches per year. So you, am I right in saying there's two, two litters from your brood bitches each mm. year for your own racing interests, right? Mm. Which is not many. You could have a lot more than that, but you want to explain the reason as to why you're only throwing two litters? Well, we've got the room, Rich, and the opportunity to have probably four or five. But it's got to a stage in greyhound racing now with the um, rehoming log jam that if we have large litters and we could have three and we could have 12, if we can't sell dogs, where are we going to put them? Mm. And the rehoming, I, at Christmas time I bought a gold retriever puppy and through COVID she was double the price we paid. So the domestic canine market has collapsed somewhat. Mm -hmm. um, therefore, through no fault of anybody, no one wants those domestic dogs, so no one wants greyhounds, so mm. to speak. So rehoming has become a massive issue and um, so I've got to a stage where I would breed with Shabini, 12 months later she'd come in season again, I'd breed with her again and then I'd educate 
and break in the first litter before I know what the second one's um, really done anything. I can't do that anymore. Mm. So now I'm being selective. I have a bitch called Sunburst who won around $200,000, 27 races that Jetta did a great job with. Mm. Uh, Jetta's actually whopped a litter of pups in Queensland for me, for her, and Jetta has half that litter. Mm. Because that frees me up to breed with one of my other girls, so I have to do those. Yes. So you got you always got to think about whether how, they're fast or not, where they're going to be. Yes, yeah. and yeah. and where I'd breed be up to my third litter with one girl before I know the first one's really serviceable. Yeah, I'm not doing that anymore, and I think lots of people are not doing that. Yes. So the the breeding caper is in decline. Yeah. Maybe people the prize money's still there. People yeah. people engaged are still there. If you live at, let's say, Waterloo in an um, apartment <laughs> yeah. and you've got three greyhounds, you're not bringing yeah. it at home, are you? Yeah. You know, so. How many greyhounds do you have on your property? A lot. Uh, we've had up to 50 and we've got about 25 at the moment. Yeah. So we've got room to look after ours. So we're in a really yeah. fortunate situation. But this is, I, mean, I don't want to call it a crisis, but yeah. it's something that someone is going to have to really sit down and think about. Do you have any solutions? Yeah, probably too long for this show. Yeah, but, but yeah. I've got some ideas, yeah. yeah. But um, and Sunburst, when she had a litter, how many pups did she have? She had nine. And what's is there a maximum amount you can have? Or oh, we've had fifteen, which is a oh, disaster. Wow. Jeez. We've had fifteen, yeah. yeah. And um, that was, well, I mean, we had the Aussies and the All Blacks. There was seven um, fawns and eight blacks, mm. and they were split into two lots. Mm. And Sonia, Sonia, my wife is a genius at with whelping and. We were what's called tube feeding, which mm-hmm. is like, you know, see a, a baby that's pre um, premature, mm. they've got a feeding tube. Well, these pups are fed into their stomach with a tube and you could feed, tube feed a pup in one minute whereas a bottle would take three quarters of an hour. Mm. So if you're doing 15, seven were on mum and eight were done by us, we're getting through that. But 15, 6.7 is the average. Nine's nice if they're a good... Bitch, mm. Sonia would rather six. Mm. Yeah, so we don't sell pups, but generally, but for mm. sure, was one we sold, and the boys are very excited yeah. about going up Thursday night from yeah. Walker. Fantastic. Um, and last and a week- shout out, I must shout out to Dan Lawrence, one of the boys who owns one. His wife Chloe's just had twins, Ooh. twin girls, first <laughs> litter for Chloe, and he's got to leave pass at five weeks. He's that's a, that's impressive. He's Thank a you, genius. Chloe. Yeah. yeah, but Dan. Twins are no joke. They no. break everyone. No. Yeah. And uh, I've got mates who've got them. Oh, he's yeah, a crazy. He, <laughs> his life has changed. And uh, Bowie's a champion. So. Yeah. Well, hopefully they win and they can get some of that lovely money to help raise the twins. There'll be some amber, amber fluid downed yeah. if Pursuer happens to land <laughs> the prize. So, just to finish off, last week we asked Tim Newbold the three best dogs in his opinion. And I thought it'd be good to ask you the three best trainers in your opinion. Of course, wow. it's your opinion. Many will disagree with you, but it's not the first yeah. time you've been disagreed with. So. <laughs> <laughs> Happens daily at home. <laughs> a name that you guys would have never heard of, a guy called Kevin Johns from years ago, had a dog called Holstein Boy, won the 1986 National Derby. Yeah. Was a dog whisperer. Yeah. The tall, skinny fella, we called him. Uh, this dog had 37 starts without missing a place. Yeah. Wow. And just remarkable. Will, and they did it for him. And I admired everything he did. He taught me a lot. Um, I think Darren McDonald is very, very high in my view. 2001, he had Brett Lee in nine Group 1s and won all of them. Mm. 
Now, I know Waller and Moody have done that with good horses, mm-hmm. but to do it with one dog across the country against the very best is is more about the man than the, than the dog mm-hmm. in some ways. And I think the modern era now, um, you know, Jason Thompson and Tony Breton, the good trainers get great dogs, you know, and that's not an easy thing to keep them going. But, you know, I wouldn't want to separate any one of them but because maybe I should say Tommy's the best. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. You know, look what he's done for me. You yeah. Know, but, and Tommy, to his credit, he places them right. He understands grading. He... He fixes his own problems. He understands the dogs implicitly. And he'll be embarrassed that I say that, but, you know, we've been mates for a long time and um, I'm proud to call him and Beata friends and his wife and, you know, they, they're dedicated to their craft and Jetta is just, just a champion. She's the hardest working girl I've come across and, yeah. you know, she deserves all the credit. She's got a dog called Duffman in the rich um, Vince Curry on Saturday night, 75,000 winner and Jetta owns him. Yeah. So I'll be cheering for Duffman. And uh, Greyhound ownership's a lot of fun, isn't it? I mean, I don't yeah. know because I've never done it, but I want to get into it. Yeah. And you and I had a bit of a chat before and we're going to work in the background over the next little while to try and pull together um, some programs and initiatives where everyone can get involved, often for nothing, um, because, yeah, you're very passionate about Greyhound racing, also the ownership, and you really want to spread the word about it. Um, well, it'd be, it'd be nice to engage every punter in this because if you deal with the right people, Rich, in life – you'll be a winner and mm. I think we can head people in the right direction to deal with the Martin Hallinans and the whether it's Mark Gatt or Tommy Savellis or whoever the people are mm. nationally to say, you know, go here and you'll have it. I'm not saying you're going to win lots of money no. at any time. That's no guarantee in life mm. but you'll have a good experience. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. It's the experience that matters, yeah. yeah. And you win money, it's a bonus. 20 people at the track on Melbourne Cup night with when we got a runner and – They've got a vested interest in Sanvi charging around them and winning a, a group one. Yeah. It'd be it'd be a hoot. Sounds yeah. exciting. Yeah. 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 So let's we'll, we'll work we'll, on we'll that. We'll get to work on that. Cool. Well, thank you very much for coming in. I do have a small gift for you. So we set up a merch shop and um, this is one of the hoodies. You probably need a big one, mate. It is. It's double XL. <laughs> oh, can you um can we give this to you and you, you. you might wear it on a cold morning at Pheasant's Nest when you're feeding the dogs and stuff? Yeah, well, I'm I'm, you, pla- you, I'm planning on a trip to Ireland for the coursing next year with some mates, and um, yeah. we might do that. Take that, know? and you need the, the big tweed coat over top, and you'll, yeah. be, you'll be fine. I froze there yeah. some years ago with Marty Heller. I've got some stories I'll tell you off here about that. But, <laughs> very good. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming. We really no, appreciate it. Can we? Um, can you come back in every couple of months and check in with us? Yeah, and, and we'll, in, we'll give you an update fantastic. on the baby pups and yeah. you know a little bit of puppy porn, as I call it, some yeah. videos. But yeah. um, but yeah, we got some. Ex- I mean. These couple of young dogs are only 26 months old, so we, we might be talking. And I've got a litter of Koblenz Shabinis that are 11 months old that are really good reports. The Co- Sorry? Good reports for Koblenz. Yeah. And um, Melbourne Cup winner. Yeah. Mm. And I'll be disappointed if the you know, she doesn't produce something out of that. But mm. um, we'll yeah. all be disappointed if they're not. But she's got a good legacy already. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, thanks, Jason. Next, we're going to. Obviously, next week we'll um, review the uh, the gold bullion, the gold cup meeting, then we move on to the big the Australian Cup meeting. Sort of kicks off down in Melbourne, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, there's uh, three Group One races in Melbourne uh, the following Saturday. The heats yeah. uh, this Saturday, so yeah. that's got to be great fun. Um, and yeah, thanks to Pete for coming on board. Thanks to everyone that's been tuning in and and commenting. All the feedback, uh, good or bad, is loved, and mm. we need it to obviously improve the show. And um, 
Yeah, I've had fun again, Rich. It's been great. Unreal. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for the support. We'll see you next week. Up the den. Cheers. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website.